Welcome back again to Uncommon People. This is episode 25 of the show about you and me and everyone in between. This is a conversation piece that I'm recording in podcast form. It's about the people who I interview, their life, their experiences, their perspective, what they've learned along their journey. Uh, We've all had our own journey, and so we've all got our own things to say about it, and we can all stand to learn something, I think, from the person next to us. So this episode, number 25, is a conversation between myself and Hallie May. We talk about faith and um, our families and different things. We we cover a bunch of different stuff, so I hope you kind of sit around and just relax and enjoy listening to the conversation and that you glean a lot from it, maybe some wisdom or just different perspective that you hadn't considered. I hope also that it inspires you to have a conversation with somebody else in your life, because that's what this is about, really. Inspiring conversation, inspiring each person to try a little harder to get to know somebody else and see how much fun it can be, really. I enjoy these conversations, so I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. Like I said, this is episode 25 and I hope you enjoy it. Do you get nervous before days? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know. It's kind of strange that I do because it's just a conversation. But I, I do still get nervous pretty mm-hmm. much before everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a perfectionist? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I'm trying to get better, though, meaning not care about being better. Uh, it's hard, though, because that's what I'm like. Is there a specific area that you feel like your perfectionism comes out more that you try to work on actively? I think I'm a perfectionist because I care what other people think. So when it's something more public, that's when it comes out more because I know more more eyes are on it. Um, and my reputation is on the line. And I always grew up, um, my parents always told me, like, don't ruin the family name. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so I think that that's where it Jokingly comes Jokingly or? No, <laughs> not really. Um just grew up with wanting to make sure people respected our family, I guess. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So I think that's when my perfectionist comes out. It's just like, since I grew up thinking that way, that's how I still think. And it's hard to get out of that of, it's really going to be okay, even yeah. if I do mess up. Um, so other half of that question, if you noticed, was how do you... How do you combat that tendency? Uh, mm-hmm. Or is there, like, in that area of in public scenarios, mm-hmm. you're more likely to feel that perfectionism? Mm-hmm. In those situations, do you have a tactic for just reminding yourself it's okay mm-hmm. if it's not perfect? I think it's uh, realizing that's not where my identity is. Um I personally believe my identity is in who Christ says I am, and that's the only real opinion that matters. So reminding myself of that, of like, if this person doesn't like me or doesn't like the way I did something, it's okay. Um, 
because their opinion isn't the one that matters. Right. And I'm not trying. I mean, I still believe I should work hard and all that I do and like do my yeah. best, but ultimately their opinion isn't what matters. Right. Yeah. It's a good so thing just, to keep in mind. Just remind myself of that. But that's hard too. Does it work? <laughs> not always. <laughs> <laughs> no, not always. Yeah. Reminding yourself of like, well, my identity, my identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. It feels too ambiguous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily attach itself to the situation really well right. all the time. Yep. So it's like, it's not about my identity though. It's about performance. Am I, <laughs> what am I doing? So I, I definitely, I struggle in that area. Mm -hmm. My difficulty is usually around how my performance is going to affect the people around me. Mm -hmm. If I'm the only person it affects, uh, it doesn't matter as much to me. Right. Um, that caused me a lot of grief as a new Starbucks barista mm -hmm. <laughs> because it feels like a really high-stress job. If you're mm -hmm. the one making the drinks, it feels like all of the pressure is on you and you've mm -hmm. got to go fast, mm -hmm. especially if you work with other people who are fast. Yep. That's what I'm supposed to look like, right? Yep. That's the standard. Mm -hmm. And, man, I remember having my supervisor austin put me on bar be super encouraging be like all right joel it's your time to shine come on man you can do it <laughs> and getting really overwhelmed within a few minutes and just be like nope i can't do it and i walked away and i'd be like this yep. isn't the time austin <laughs> i did not do well with it yeah i uh one of my first jobs was at a drive-through coffee shop seven brew and they had i don't know if this is still their policy but we were told the ideal time to get a drink out was 30 to 45 seconds and so just fast fast cars are there all the time so you just have to get drinks out fast right same pressure of like if someone's faster than me i'm also just very competitive so i like want to be the fastest you know right. and then when i'm not i feel like oh, i failed i'm not the best one it and it was making drinks like it wasn't that big of a deal but yeah yeah my coworkers would just tell me it's just coffee and it doesn't do anything. Right. I recognize that. No, it's not that. just coffee. Yeah. So when I would train people, I would tell them that too. I'd say, no, people told me this, so I know it's not actually that helpful. But remember, it is just coffee. <laughs> it's fine. Helps some people. Yeah. I think, too, my, so my love language is words of affirmation. And so I really, really get affected in a good or a bad way of things people say. Right. So I'm always thinking about that, too, of like, what, what are they going to say about me based on how I act? And that always gets me. Because, yeah. like, I get as high as a kite if someone tells me something good. Like, for example, um, this past week I got an email from someone I work with. I just sent him, like, a PDF of something he asked for. And his response was, thanks, Hallie, you're a great coworker." And I was like, oh. That means the world. Like, <laughs> I know he probably didn't even think anything of it. He was just being nice. Mm -hmm. But I took it as, oh, my gosh, this just made my day. Like, those were the best words to hear. That's awesome. But on the other side, like, if someone says something negative, it also sits with me for a long time because words matter. Yep, words matter. Words matter. Man, I went to Walmart today to get supplies for that curry. Mm -hmm. And when I was walking in, there was a guy in a pickup truck in one of the Walmart pickup sections, you know, mm -hmm. where the, the people, for those who don't know or don't have this service, in Northwest Arkansas, 
we ha- we are home to Walmart. Walmart's headquartered here, for those who don't know, in Bentonville. And so we have one of the things we have is grocery pickup. So you just order on your phone, I guess. It's very nice. Yeah. I do it. <laughs> I've never done it, but uh, I can Helps to meal prep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you have to think about what you're ordering before you go. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Um, anyway, I went to Walmart, though, and there was a person in one of those spots in a pickup truck. It's this older guy, probably in his 50s or whatever. Um, if I knew his name, I wouldn't say it because I'm not going to call him out. Really bad. <laughs> oh, I am no. calling him out right now. Oh, but, no. man, they were two young guys, regular just Walmart employees, you know, um, bringing him all this stuff. And he started yelling about there not being something. And he was cursing at him, and I just felt so bad. And I was just walking, just walked past, and I looked back at him. You can tell everybody who can is within earshot is kind of looking and thinking, man, those poor guys. It's the worst feeling. Yeah. It's like when you're in a restaurant and someone starts yelling at the server for something so little, especially if they're at your table. You're like, oh, I don't agree. I'm not a part of this. You've been at the table with somebody when this happens? Uh, not anything extreme, but... Just like a correction? Yeah, something small even. I'm like, it's okay, I know. Maybe it's because I've been in the food service of just like, oh, I know that it's a hard job. Yeah. When people don't think it's that hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm also big. I, I'm an empath, empathetic, so I'm always like, oh, I feel, I feel yeah. what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done in those kids' place. Mm-hmm. Um, my like gut, not Christ-like reaction as mm-hmm. the observer, if I had been feeling more bold, <laughs> would have been to tell the guy off. Uh-huh. Um, I was thinking about it when I was, when I <laughs> was on the actually? way back. I don't know. Um, I think it depends on... If he was still there, if he was still talking to them when I was walking out. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like you you have a service that allows you to order <laughs> groceries as much as you want, all the food in the world mm-hmm. at your fingertips, and people literally bring it to your car. You don't even have to get out of your vehicle, and you're literally cursing at them because they missed something. Maybe he was having a bad day. He probably was having a horrible day. <laughs> and that's the Christ-like thing. Yeah. Thank you, Hallie, oh. that, that I should have been thinking about. But I was just thinking about what a toad this guy is being. Gosh. I mean, please he's a don't do that but... to your to your servers, people serving you stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So how do you Sabbath? <laughs> Great transition. Yeah, hard no way change. to transition to that. Uh yeah, we were talking about this earlier slightly um just that i'm working on sabbath um because i think it's important um, or rest again for those who aren't familiar with the christianese christianese yes christian language yes christianese taking intentional time to rest Mm -hmm. and spend time with god um i'm working on it um one of my favorite authors i think we've talked about him before john mark comer Mm mm-hmm he really, really preaches on rest and taking Sabbath. And every time I read one of his books and he talks about it, I'm like, oh, I wish I was better at that. Because it, it seems so important in our daily walk with Christ. Even mm-hmm. if they're uh, like 10 minutes 
during your lunch break, take a Sabbath of, okay, these 10 minutes I'm going to pray or whatever. Um, but the nature of my schedule right now is so busy. I have work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and then I have community group Tuesday nights. I have time with international students Wednesday nights, and then I have a class Thursday morning at 7 a.m., and then a class Thursday evening from 6 to 9. So I just already each week is so busy. Uh Um, And so some people I look up to um, who are involved in my life have really encouraged me to protect my Sabbath time Mm -hmm. um, and stick with it, which has now started taking place on Saturdays. Um, cause that's about the only day of the week I'm not doing yeah, something. That's cool. Um, so this, during this season, trying to take Saturdays to one, spend time with God. And usually that's me being alone. Um, whether it's just in my apartment, journaling or reading, um, or Sabbath is spending time with friends, like just having conversations. I think that can be Sabbath. Um, mm-hmm. Really just what what is restful for me um, and not focusing on getting things done, not trying to rush through that day. I live in such, and we live in such a rushed society that we need to take time to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to get better. It's just <laughs> hard though. Because <laughs> of course Saturdays are the days where people are like, hey, do you want to go do this? Yeah, do you want to yeah go I don't know yeah so it's hard that makes that does make it hard that that's like the day you have to try and do that exactly but I do like that you mentioned that it can be a lot of different things Mm -hmm. it's what's restful for you Mm -hmm. um the Hebrew that we get Sabbath from is Shabbat and most basically it just means stop Mm. that's what the word means in its basic form and if you spend your whole week like maybe sitting at a computer um, to stop could mean you have a really active day and you like go for a run. It doesn't have to mean I'm just going to lay in bed all day. That's not the concept of rest you're talking about. Right. Um, Yeah, I have two people in my life who are very intentional about their Sabbath. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Brandy and Cass Harris. Shout out to you guys. (laughs) They each have a different day of the week that is Mm -hmm. a Sabbath for them. Mm -hmm. And both of their Sabbaths look very different Mm -hmm. because it's all about being super intentional about not doing anything that is not restful. Yep. So they don't have people over or like Brandy tends to just have hers at home. Mm -hmm. Um, She works in counseling, and so she's always out, and she's always working with a lot of other people. And so her Sabbath involves a lot of just being at home by herself with the kids or with Cass if he's home and just not getting stressed out about anything. And I think Cass is more active about his because he spends a lot of time away from the house. Mm -hmm. And so he – or he spends more time at the house – He works for the church I used to attend. He's the Mm. worship pastor there. Um, So both of them, though, consistently every week take that day. And they know 
this is the day. This is mm-hmm. Sabbath. We're not we're not doing these other things on that day. And That's I literally just thought while you were talking mm-hmm. of how I could actually implement Sabbath effectively. Yeah, what does Sabbath look like for you right now? Currently, it doesn't look like anything really intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a habit in place in place for Sabbath mm-hmm. that I do because I'm trying to make sure I'm resting. Uh, I'm pretty intentional about sitting in cafes mm-hmm. and not doing a lot, as you're probably aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of been my Sabbath. Yeah. But it's not the greatest habit, or it's not necessarily filling that same need because it's really easy to start doing things that are not restful in any given situation like that if i'm in a cafe i always have my bag with my laptop and Mm -hmm. my camera and all the things that i could get done and i usually want to try and be productive but i'm off every sunday monday from work i could very easily make it a more traditional overnight thing of Sunday afternoon to Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything out of obligation. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't even end up usually getting to the cafe on Mondays <laughs> until close to noon anyways. Yeah. So that, and if I am, that would be a perfect excuse for me to continue resting and mm-hmm. talking with God and, and reading yeah. rather than immediately jumping into the things I know mm-hmm. I want to get done that day. Mm-hmm. I should I should do that which I like I like that it can be at any time because I don't know how you grew up but I grew up thinking it was a Sunday thing which isn't even biblical they took it from Friday night to Saturday Uh so I don't know why I grew up thinking that I guess just churches on Sunday people usually rest take a Sunday nap Sunday brunch that kind of thing right and so I'm I'm still learning that it can be different and Mm -hmm. like you said just restful yep in time with god so you grew up mm. within a christian tradition mm-hmm. i'm sure we've talked about some of these things mm-hmm. i don't remember exactly what yeah um i grew up in a christian household um i was born here in fayetteville so i've been in the good old southern bible Ooh, belt. Pig. <laughs> yeah my whole life um and it's all i've ever known um but it was kind of, it was very conservative, um, a lot more focus on the New Testament, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I'm now catching up with, oh, there are a lot of Old Testament references in the New Testament that I don't know about, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. But anyways, um, yeah, very conservative, almost legalistic, if I can use that word, um, I just did things because I was told to. And just the nature of my personality, I was I just accepted it. I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. You're pretty um, compliant. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't think that was a bad thing. I just that's the way I was, you know. Um. I guess kind of getting into my testimony a little bit. It wasn't until really end of high school and into college where I was like, oh this isn't what everyone thinks. Um, Not only that, but why do I actually believe these things? Do I believe these things? It's kind of like 
deconstructing before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? before everybody was using the phrase. Right, exactly. Which I think everyone needs to go through, like figure out why you believe what you believe. Yeah, um, even if you're not deconstructing in the sense that you're pulling everything apart, yes. at least starting to critically think about exactly. why you believe what you believe. Exactly, yeah. Um, pulling it apart and then putting it back together in a sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it wasn't until that time got to know some great people who helped me walk through that um, and discipled me into these are reasons why um, and really, really, really made my faith a lot stronger because it wasn't one of those I'm turning away from the faith for a little bit for a little bit and then come back it was it was really just I need to figure out why I believe these things mm -hmm. and because when people ask I didn't really have an answer other than well this is just the way I grew up yeah. and then I realized I did not like that answer <laughs> and I wanted a real reason and that's also when my relationship with Christ got a lot more personal because uh -huh. I I guess a good way to describe it is for a while it was just my parents' faith and I just did what they told me. And they were great parents. Um, they taught me well. It was just, I always just did what they said. Um, and it wasn't until later till I was like, oh, I should have my own personal relationship with Christ, not just what I've always been told to do. I don't know if that answered your question. I don't, I don't remember, remember what, what the question was. <laughs> <I don't either. laughs> was there a, a something that happened, though? You said so it was around college mm -hmm. that that happened. Was there something that drew your attention to that thought that maybe it isn't your faith as much mm -hmm. as you think? Mm -hmm. Or uh, was it just kind of... Uh, is what. what what, it was a what process, was it like? for sure. Um, high school, I got pretty depressed. Um, so I'm sure that uh, helped with those thoughts of if I'm feeling that, basically, why am I feeling this way? What can I do to help it? Um, in ninth grade, I think it was, I had some pretty bad health issues. Uh, and didn't have a lot of answers. So because I didn't have a lot of answers and neither did doctors, I was on, I was just testing a bunch of different medication to see if it would help. And I think the medication is what kind of, along with other elements, high school's hard to begin with, but I've really, been told. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you're homeschooled, right? Yeah. Yep, I've been told. <laughs> I'm sure it's still hard even when you're homeschooled. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> I just consider all of my childhood one big lump of school. Yeah. And oh. there was very little delineation between different periods yep. of it. That, that's fair. I mean, I was homeschooled until second grade, but I don't mm. know if that counts much because it's only second grade. But I did go to a private school, so I don't know if that's much better. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, had health issues, got depressed, and... At the same time, uh, developed sleep paralysis, um, in which, if you don't know, essentially, it's where you wake up 
from sleeping. Um, your whole body's paralyzed. There's science that goes into it that I don't know all about, but something about your sleep cycle and your mind wakes up before your body does. And it usually um, coincides with a nightmare, like some sort of bad dream, whether it's just sounds or you see things. Um, so pretty terrifying, com- like combined of health issues and yeah. depression and sleep paralysis. Just got in a really bad place mm-hmm. um, and was afraid to speak out about it just where it was at, like, it seemed odd, and I didn't really want to talk about it. Um, but funny how God works. That was when I started to really develop a relationship with Christ, because he was my only constant during that time, um, when everything else felt, sounds cliche to say, but when everything else was falling apart, he was the one thing I knew I could turn to, and it'd be okay. So, Sleep paralysis usually would happen around two in the morning. And I, it's ironic because when you're, at least for me, when I was depressed, all you want to do is sleep Uh because you don't want to function, you don't Mm want to think. But with sleep paralysis, I I didn't want to sleep because I was afraid to. Um, So those were two bad combinations of things. Um, So what I would do is I would, I lived in a pretty safe neighborhood. so I'd just go on walks, like in the middle of the night. Wow. Um, kind of talk to God, uh, just have a conversation, or just walk in silence. Um, and that was pivotal in my relationship with Christ, because I, it honestly developed a good habit of talking with God in the good and the bad times. Mm-hmm. Like I at first only would turn to him during the bad times of like, okay, I'm not doing good right now, so let me talk to God. But it slowly turned into, no, this is something I should be doing all the time. Um, So, again, I don't know if that answered the question, but, yeah, that's when I started to actually develop good habits of my own and made it more personal. How did you do that? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it was me is the thing. <laughs> it really wasn't. Oh, God. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- was your family very aware at this time of um, all this stuff happening? Yeah. Um, but I was pretty shy and kept to myself as a kid. Um, so I just wouldn't go to them a lot of the time. And just the way I grew up, it was a lot of, oh, you're fine. Just keep going. You're okay. Rub right. some dirt in, dirt in it and you're okay. And so I think I also psyched myself out of, oh, if I talk to them about this, this is how they're going to react. So It's, it's going to be dismissed. Yeah. It's not worth talking to them about mm. it, which isn't true. They love and care about me. And I did talk, like, I did talk to them about it, um, but... And you have two siblings? Three siblings. Three siblings. Yep. Older brother who's married, just had a baby. Um, And older sister who's married, and then a younger sister. And they're all here, except for my younger sister. Wow. Yeah. Where's she at? She goes to KU. Okay. She's an engineer student. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Are you very close with your siblings? My younger sister, I would say I'm the closest with. 
because we, uh, like, I would drive her to school every day in high mm. school um, once my other siblings graduated. Um, what a good sister. Yeah. <laughs> I was forced to, but we'll say I'm a good sister. Um, and then my older two siblings, yeah, I'm pretty close to, especially since they're still here. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't talk every day, but I am close with them and love them, especially now that we're older. We all get along a lot better. It's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when you're all adults. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. So is it, an, an, is it an interesting experience for you to observe maybe other families that have a very different dynamic? Uh, what an interesting question, yeah. Well, because it has been for me, yeah. recognizing that I, me and my siblings... I would not describe us as really being friends Mm. growing up outside of the capacity that you have to be friends as siblings because you spend so much of your time together, especially if you're all homeschooled. Right. Um, How many siblings do you have again? Five. Five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of, at least for my whole life, well, my up until I was like 12 or 13, we were in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. so we spent a lot of time together. But I wouldn't say that we were friends and in the sense that we knew each other very well or we made an effort to understand each other mm-hmm. um, really much at all. This, this is totally me just describing how it seems to, to me looking mm-hmm. back on it. Um, no resentment or bitterness about any of it, just... I, I try to be very practical about things. Mm-hmm. And if I look at it, that's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. There wasn't friendship. Because then when I do see siblings who seem like they're also best friends, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> very just strange. But yeah. it's so cool. Such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like the people that first come to my mind are Emma and Olivia Kaur. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> um who are sisters who Olivia was on here a while back on the podcast and they're just best friends. They love each other so much and just enjoy talking each other up and are spend so much time together. Mm -hmm. They're both travel nurses. Currently they both work in Tulsa on contract, same shift. So they drive to Tulsa together and then they work in the hospital and they drive back and, they're just the best of friends, and it's mm-hmm. so cool to me to see that. So, where where do you would you say is that an interesting thing for you to to notice? If or do you notice other siblings and their kind of relationship dynamic? Yeah, I guess I don't notice too much. Maybe it's because I do have a good relationship with my siblings that I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If I see someone else acting like that. Which I wouldn't say, sorry if they ever listen to this, I wouldn't say we're best friends. Like, we don't spend all of our time together. Um, But I do, like I said, now that I'm older, I really appreciate and look forward to spending time with them Mm -hmm. because we don't all the time. Yeah. Um, And just getting together as a whole family is something I don't take for granted. Um, but yeah, when I see, I yeah, I would agree. When I see siblings who are super, super close um, and do everything together, 
I, I kind of wonder, oh, what is that like? Like, <laughs> how did you get, how did you get to that point? Um, what is that like for you? Do you keep up with your siblings anymore? Because none of them are here, right? Yeah, none of them are here. The only one I actively or regularly have conversation with is mm-hmm. my younger brother, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say he and I have the closest relationship of the kids in our family. Um, and I talk with other siblings, but not regularly and not in, even today, in a very deep way. There's not a whole lot of deep knowing between my siblings and myself um, for a number of reasons. I'm not going to blame anybody particularly. Mm-hmm. We just, I don't think a lot of us really understood that that was something you had to work on as siblings um i've mentioned so many times to different people because it's something i've noticed in my life i think it's really easy to take for granted the relationships that are just there Mm -hmm. and so relationships within family i think in ours we struggled with not understanding that the same kind of work is required to make it a good relationship as if it was somebody outside your family, somebody who's just a friend who you see regularly or you go to school with them. Mm -hmm. To develop a relationship with anybody, you have to actively pursue them. Right. Both of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Both people need to be um, involved in that. And I think we just, you know, just didn't really know or understand that and as adults it has gotten better um i can definitely talk pretty openly with my sister have good relationship with her and a couple of my other brothers we're all better now than we have been in the past but it has taken work and i'll be totally honest in that i am not good at that i'm not good at being the one to initiate and build those relationships In part, I'm going to blame living 600 miles away. (laughs) But I also chose to come out here. And I could do a better job of initiating conversation and interaction with them. I'm sure, too, since you were homeschooled, you never had to think about that because you were always together. You didn't have to develop being intentional i guess because you were just always there i guess I maybe know. thanks for the free excuse yeah. <laughs> this is now a counseling session yeah <laughs> well i came home a few days ago and john my roommate was in the kitchen he was facetiming his sister Corey, who now lives in north carolina i think i don't know one of the carolinas she got married and moved out there she and him lived here when I got here and I slept on the couch for six months and then Corey got married and moved out and I took this room. So this was Corey's room. Hey, Corey. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed getting to know her and talk with her while she was here, but it was so fun to just see them just, just gabbing. Mm -hmm. And he was like eating Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend Haley was here. And so Mm -hmm. Haley and I were visiting and he was talking with Corey and it was just really fun. Yeah. And I don't i asked him if he regularly makes a practice of doing that and he said he doesn't but he does i think do it more 
um, with Corey being so mm -hmm. far away. That's cool. I really appreciate when I see families really close. Yep. Does it, what does it make you feel when you see families really close? Like, does it make you it feel get great. nervous or <laughs> want to, I don't know. I don't know if you have broken relationships per se, but does it make you want to like mend or try and get to that point? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a sign of horrible unhealth in myself, but I just don't think about that much. Mm -hmm. I am pretty good, I think, at detaching. Mm -hmm. Me and my friend Ty talked a lot about this actually on his episode because he was asking me similar questions really? like, <laughs> do you think it's good or bad that uh -huh. you kind of detach so easily? So it, detachment started with me um, pursuing minimalism as mm -hmm. kind of a way of doing life. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, asking those sorts of questions of myself and my habits or my behaviors or the things that I value, um, like sleeping on the floor. I, I yep. decided I don't really need a bed unless it turns out that I do, but I don't find that out unless I try to go without it. And that's a really frivolous example, but for me, I I take that into pretty much most areas of my life, mm -hmm. including, I think, relationally. I don't... If, if I have some sort of relationship with somebody and then there's an organic um, divide that just comes up, whether it's just through time and lack of communication or distance or something else, I tend not to look back and, and try to recover that unless I think I have a really specific reason or need to do that. Um, I'm sure there's pros and cons mm -hmm. to that. Uh, I can think of a couple of people who have been friends who I am just, I would not say we're friends anymore, mm -hmm. that were kind of just uh, pretty organic in the way that they they happened in in the way that those friendships kind of fell off and i don't have as far as i'm aware any kind of resentment or anything toward it i'm not longing for it mm -hmm. and maybe that's because i also actively try and fill my life with good things so i have no lack of good solid relationships in my life so I don't really feel the lack. Mm. So for me, when I see, to get to your question, mm. um, family or siblings that are best friends and get along really well, it just makes me happy. Because mm -hmm. I love seeing that. And my mind doesn't go to thinking, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. Because I do have those relationships, just not with my siblings necessarily. Mm -hmm. The nature of it's different. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm pretty good at accepting that. That just the nature of your relationship with different people is going to change over time. And I don't want to put a specific expectation on what that's going to be. There's a season yeah. for everything. Yes. With people too. Oh, wow. That right there. My mom got me that. I'm just pointing to a little art piece. Mm -hmm. I think. It's like watercolor. Yeah. I Are those fingerprints? I can't see from here. Uh, no, they look like watercolor 
shapes of the moon. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably what they are. I think that artist. I think that artist does some kind of work with fingerprints. Mm. But um, it has what is the verse? You you should read it for our listeners. For everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. There you go. How do you feel about those words, Hallie? I love those words because it's so true. People and things are in and out of your life. Um, You can either dwell on the negative of loss, if you take it that way, or thankfulness for the time they were in your life and what you learned from them. Um, And even just, I'm not going to, I don't remember it word by word, but like there's a season to mourn and a season to rejoice. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's good for me to remember because when it comes to the harder things, like being sad and mourning, I always tend to want to rush out of that and try and get to the happiness again. But there's comfort knowing that there is a time and place for those things, Mm -hmm. and that's normal. Um, And we shouldn't try and rush out of any emotion. Has that been a pretty intentional learning process for you, that lesson? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a hard one. Yeah. I'm still learning it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is there anything specific you want to go into or share about like how something that's helped you learn how to maybe accept mourning and accept difficult things, mm. both in recognizing that they're transient and they will pass, but also in mm-hmm. being in them? while you have them i don't know if i have the answer so if you ever figure it out okay let me know (laughs) well i just mean for you in general Mm. was there anything that helped i mean maybe it just as simple as reading those words in the bible um i'm a very forgetful person so it's one of those things and i love this phrase so much I just always tend to forget it, ironically, of just not worrying about tomorrow, um, being present in today, um, and just all the, again, Christian language of his mercies are new every day, um, being thankful in today, rejoice in today, just the constant reminder of just focus on today, don't worry about what happened in the past. Don't try and figure out the future. Be present with where you're at right now. And even something I've been processing with is I've, a few months ago, got a new role at my job. um, And it's a leadership position, and I've just never been in a leadership position. So constantly worrying about, am I doing this right? Am I a good leader? Um, Should I be doing more? Um, And I... I always grew up with my dad saying, you're either a leader or a follower, and you get to choose what you're doing. And that's hard (laughs) to hear. Um, And I always just, my personality is more of a follower. I don't mind authority. I don't mind being told what to do um, if it doesn't go against (laughs) my morals, you know. Um, So I was just processing with someone about, how hard this leadership position is for me and he just said well God has placed you in this position now so what are you going to do about it 
and I oh, gotta love being called <laughs> out, you know. But it, it it was really a good reminder of in this season, that's where you're at. So figure out how to do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just coming back to the okay that this is where I'm at right now today. So how how can I glorify God in that? Yeah. Um, and it's I find it comforting too to recognize when I do that I can also just remember well this is where I am right now and I won't always be here yeah yeah maybe it's hard right now and maybe I'll learn to actually really love it later mm-hmm. and even then I have to remember that it's going to pass mm-hmm. everything does yep even H- how do you feel about the book of Ecclesiastes in general was that one of the, was that a book that you knew anything about growing up i feel like as as someone else who was also raised in Mm -hmm. a christian community that was not one Mm -hmm. of the things that was talked about yeah no not at all not that i can remember except for maybe that verse yeah (laughs) and even then i'm just in general bad at remembering references but i could not have told you that's that verse was in Ecclesiastes. Oh. If it wasn't written down, <laughs> it's one of my favorite books. So I've I definitely recognize it. I wonder if maybe I'll read I, it next. I must have had some sort of conversation with my mom around it that she thought that would be a really good yeah, thing to give really as a sweet. gift. Why is Ecclesiastes one of your favorites? It's really humbling. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that's <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> it's very humbling and mm-hmm. it's very sobering. Mm-hmm. It's a really really good thing to remember mm. um like just we we get i get i try not to use phrases like we i don't want to talk about other people mm-hmm. i get so caught up in life and what i'm doing mm. and I, I make it everything mm. i'll make it just the focus of all of my mental energy and i'll worry about things and i'll be afraid of things i'll have anxiety about things and just dwell so much on this stuff that even in from the perspective of myself just being a blip in time of a human being Mm -hmm. even for that it's still such a tiny moment Mm -hmm. in my life even if it's several years of dealing with a specific thing or situation Mm -hmm. it's a small amount of time it passes Mm -hmm. and it probably in my experience it's easier to deal with when i'm not just focusing on it all the time anyways ecclesiastes is a i think much needed perspective in a world that seems to say everything happening right now Mm -hmm. is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and it's it's I'm i'm trying to think like I don't want to misrepresent what the actual message of Ecclesiastes is. But in a world that has very little appreciation for the larger picture, Mm. I think Ecclesiastes is really important to remember. Yeah. So if you haven't read it, read it. It's only 12 chapters. It's it's pretty easy to get through. Yeah, do it. Um, One of the... So I'm not usually into New Year's resolutions. They kind of stress me out <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Too much pressure. Because you think you'll have to perform have to in everything. one more area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so someone, I guess I could call her a mentor, um, 
she encouraged me to just pick a word for the year um, and let that kind of be my replacement for resolutions. Um, This year, I chose the word intentional. So just you talking about all of that made me think of that's how I'm trying to be this year is more intentional, whether that's with, I love the saying, someone said it, I can't remember who, so if it's you, great job. But just uh, <laughs> that the, the most important person should be the one sitting in front of you. Um, so really taking intentional time with whoever I'm with, not because my mind usually jumps, maybe I'm ADD, ADHD, I don't know. Um, but my mind usually jumps a thousand different places wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. So trying to be more intentional with people, trying to be more intentional with my time, not just sitting on my phone all the time, which I'm terrible at. Like when I get home, I'll just, hmm. you know, just I wouldn't vulnerable. have thought that actually. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's cause I, I try and be not on my phone when I'm around others. So when I get home, I'm like, oh, okay, now it's time I can be. Hey, on my hey, phone. that's like, that's a good step. Um, and then I mean, just with everything, money, like, I don't have a strict budget, but wanting to make sure I'm so intentional with where I'm giving, who I'm giving to, um, what I'm buying, um, investing in, that sort of thing. So really just trying to slow down, not jump to the next thing so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever heard of Vapor? by the liturgist, I guess who's by? Yes. They have a song that's really good and then a meditation that's so good. You've probably told me about it. I probably have. I haven't listened in a while, but they, they, it's a reference to, um, now I can't even think of the reference if you know it. It's probably Ecclesiastes. (laughs) It probably is. But basically that we're all vapor, we're going to be here for a little bit and then gone the next moment. Yeah, Um, that's Ecclesiastes. So if you haven't heard that, go listen to both the meditation. Meditation's like 13 minutes, but it's really good um, and worth it. What is it? To. Is it a song or is it a... It's more of a spoken word. Okay. So this guy talks basically for 13 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's not very long. If you can't handle 13 minutes of <laughs> yeah, someone that's talking... True. <laughs> then that's probably a good place to start in terms of being intentional and not rushing through things. Exactly. Listen on your way to work. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned that you tend to maybe have a little bit easier time being a follower Mm. and that you don't um, like to rock the boat, I guess, (laughs) a lot. Mm -hmm. Are there things, though, in your life or just different subjects that you do want to rock the boat on (laughs) or things that come up that you you stand up for Uh, that's a good question because my my personality is very much I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um which can be a good thing but also I know it can be a bad thing when you don't uh believe in one certain thing or stand up for things that you believe Um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at this. So there's nothing specific. I think just more in general, I'm trying to be better at, uh, standing up for what I believe in or, uh, not correcting if 
something's wrong or taking care of something when I know I should take care of it, that kind of thing. Very broad answer, but okay. mainly just that I'm working on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> what would you say you are, leader or follower? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> and I guess it depends on the situation, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay following if I think the person leading is doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. But if, if I don't think they are, I'm not good at following because I am a chronic ask her of the question why mm. and if you don't have answers for my whys <laughs> i probably don't think too highly of your reasoning for leading in that mm-hmm. way it has got me in trouble at different times <laughs> was your I, mom ever the one to say because i said so yes did that drive you crazy uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes um but as an adult an example of like how I'm okay following most of the time. I think now looking back on that, when I'm much better now, I was bad with authority when I was younger, mm. which is kind of ironic because I'm very rebellious, I think, generally. <laughs> but now if somebody has authority over me and they tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I may, I may well express my thoughts on it and tell them like, I don't think this is a good idea and here's why, but now that you have my opinion, I'm, I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to in this moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's still not the best way of submitting to authority, but um, that's my baby steps toward mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I think it's important to, to voice opinions mm-hmm. if you have a strong thought on something, but not to the point of of rebelling against yep. authority especially in something as trivial as a workplace mm-hmm. which is typically what's come up for me i'm not usually like standing up against an army or something yep um i do try to think very critically though mm-hmm. and i think i have a very strong personality too mm-hmm. which i think can lend itself to leading mm-hmm. um so yeah it does very much depend on the context and I don't think leadership always means large and in charge and you're mm-hmm. the one being outspoken. Yeah. I think you can be a leader with few words and as long as you don't let people walk all over you, there's no one personality that's fit for leading, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Because that's how my old boss was. Um Lodging in charge? No, 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 no. Oh. Quite the opposite. <laughs> he was uh, he's one of those people who doesn't say much, but when he does, you listen. Um, which I think I always grew up. Usually leaders were more of the very loud and had a big presence. Um, so it was nice to learn from someone who was more like my personality of, you don't always have to be the most talkative. Um, You can still have grace and confidence in the more laid back personality. Mm -hmm. So not trying to fit into some form of leadership too, I think is important. Yeah. You could speak softly. (laughs) It'd be fine. Yes. Yeah. Not too softly on this podcast, I hope. No. (laughs) 
Um, we've talked a little bit about international. Mm. Um, you having passion or interest in international missions mm-hmm. and culture. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? I could talk about it yeah. all day. I bet. Um, <laughs> um, first, I'm curious how long that has been mm-hmm. a part of your life. For a very long time. Probably before I even recognized that's what it was. Um, I was blessed enough to travel quite a bit growing up. Um, not always overseas, but my dad really cared about traveling um, and vacation and taking time off. And I'm now appreciating that Yeah, that's a lot. great. <laughs> um, but I think just that spark of adventure from him has always been there in me as well and made me curious about other cultures and how other people live um and always it's one of those things where I don't really know how to describe it because it's just there but just this passion for other people and other cultures um learning from other people. Um, And it wasn't even until two or three years ago where I really saw, walked through God's heart for the nations throughout the Bible. And that had just never really been pointed out to me. Um, But it's it's there, Genesis through, um, almost said Exodus. That's not correct. Revelation. Genesis through <laughs> the next book. <laughs> yeah. Um, Genesis through Revelation. <laughs> really, it's everywhere. It's weaved throughout the whole entire Bible of, at the end, every tongue, tribe, and nation will be worshiping God. Um, and once you see that, at least for me, I can't unsee that. Um, and I, I don't want to not do something about it, if that makes sense. And whether that's being here and doing work here, welcoming internationals, or whether that's moving across the sea to work there um, and make relationships there, then either I want to keep doing and keep in my life. Um, So yeah, now, like I said, now that I've seen that, I can't not do something about it so I think that's just my till I die that'll be what I'm passionate about how does that affect your day to day Mm. what does that mean for you well specifically right now uh, since I'm here in Arkansas it's being again this word intentional about spending time with internationals Um, I've made a few friends um, who are internationals, and a lot of them are here just for a semester. So really being intentional and cherish- cherishing time with them, whether that's cooking together, which is my favorite thing. I love, one, I love cooking, but also I love trying new things. So uh-huh. combining those two. And sometimes it's not always great. It doesn't yeah. always work out. But <laughs> even seeing their joy and being able to eat something that is so comforting to them. Mm-hmm is just a joy to get to experience as well as sharing a meal together and um 
trying a new recipe that I probably would have never tried before. Yeah. Or knew how to make it well. Um, so specifically right now, that's what I've been doing and really what I look forward to. Um, as well as, I'm still trying to figure out what this means, but uh, I guess you could also call this a New Year's resolution. Trying to learn Korean right now, which is so hard, <laughs> a lot harder than I thought. Um, Should I not ask you to say anything in Korean on uh, the podcast? I can introduce myself. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, maybe. I always get because <laughs> when you're learning, at least for me, I feel so confident after learning a lesson. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then when someone asks, I'm like, oh, I'm going to ruin this or like ruin the pronunciation of something. Um, okay, let me try. Okay. <laughs> no, I just got nervous. Um, 안녕하세요. 저는 할리입니다. 반가워요. Which translates translates to hello. Um, 안녕 means peace. And it's 안녕하세요. And it, it literally translates to I hope you have peace, almost, um, mm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And then, Chanan Hali Amnida just means I'm Hali. And then, Pangawayo means nice to meet you. Wow. So, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm learning. It's so interesting just to hear the language and how its structure is completely different. Oh my gosh. From it, that's English. the hardest part is their <laughs> sentences. The way they structure it is just wholly opposite of what we would how we would structure. So like, for example, if I were to say, I am a student, their translation or how they would say it was, would be student. I am. So just the, like the order of things can uh -huh. get so confusing. And when I, when I hear sentences in Korean, I'm not only trying to figure out what the word means, but I'm having to re form it almost to, which hopefully I'll get to the point where I just understand. Yeah. But for right now, I'm trying to understand the word and then reform it so the sentence makes sense in English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've made some Korean friends, which has been awesome. That's Shout so out cool. to Yejin Soyoung and uh, Minnie. Really been helping me with... It's, it's a lot easier to speak with them mm -hmm. at... As embarrassing as it is, <laughs> it, it really helps, like, actually talking with someone about it rather than yeah. just repeating a podcast that I'll listen to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been fun and challenging, and it's... I kind of thought, like, there are so many languages out there, I think around six or 7,000 that we know of, and I only know one. <laughs> that's so lame that sounds so beautiful <laughs> um so i don't have <laughs> a good reason for cho choosing korean uh but it's been fun and challenging and has got me connected with some great women uh so mm -hmm. it's been fun that's great yeah and this is probably a pretty good spot for I would think in general, meeting people from all different places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Northwest Arkansas is kind of a hub, again, for those who don't know. We have a lot here. Even though you wouldn't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't think Arkansas, so. Arkansas, landlocked. But there's, there's a lot in Northwest Arkansas, and so there are actually a lot of people from different places in the world here. Um, 
I meet a fair few Middle Easterns mm -hmm. in this area. Mm -hmm. There have been a number of Iraqi mm -hmm. people who have come through Antioch, the church I go to. Um, shout, out, shout out to you, Sajad. <laughs> What's up? I haven't seen a guy in a long time. Um, Lots of shout outs today. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love giving shout outs um, for the three people who listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Just having the opportunity to have build those relationships yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's too. Um, there are so many unreached countries, which essentially means haven't gotten to hear about the gospel, um, and are not in good relationships with Christians. But God, are, God is bringing these people to our doorsteps. Um, and all we have to do is open the door. And when I heard someone say that for the first time, I was like, oh, called out. Um, and just like for no other reason than wanting to welcome them too. Cause I, I can't imagine, I studied abroad in Ireland for a semester and that's not a huge difference culturally. But when I got to step into an Irish family's home for the first time, it felt so nice of, okay, they're actually wanting me here. They're inviting me in. They're making me a meal. Like, that meant so much to just have that relationship. So I can't imagine someone who's even more not connected here culturally trying to figure out life. And little things like going to the store can look completely different. So mm -hmm. just being there. To help them with that and a lot of them don't have cars either so just being a ride where they need to get to or if they're having trouble with something or whatever so it's been fun to get to know them and i'll be sad when they leave too do you have any stories you want to share about how you have been a helping hand that has oh. been a fun experience um i haven't gotten to yet but i have a couple of friends who want to learn how to drive yeah. Which I've never taught anyone <laughs> how to drive. So if you have any advice, I'd love to hear it. Um, so I don't have any stories, but I'm sure that will be an experience. I bet. <laughs> teaching yeah. them how to drive. Um, nothing crazy, but like I said, I cook a lot of meals with them, which mm -hmm. is fun. Even yesterday, um, Soyoung and Yejin and my friend Janine and I all went to the Kohler together, which is a coffee shop. Um, and it was so beautiful outside. It was sunny, got mm -hmm. to bring my dog, um, and just got to talk to each other and hang out and played King's Corner and <laughs> got to teach them it's a cards game, mm. card game. Yeah. Um, so just that being able to build that friendship is so fun to me, um, but yeah, nothing super crazy. I did. <laughs> you might be embarrassed if if I tell the story, but hopefully it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's this guy, uh, Yoya. He's from Japan. Shout out to Yoya. Uh, we, a group of us, went to go eat um, out at a restaurant, and then we watched a movie at my place after. And I was dropping them back off um, at their dorm and I don't we still don't know what it was I'm guessing food poisoning but oh, on the on the way back all of a sudden 
I thought I heard like a sneeze or I just heard something. It was yeah. it was dark outside. I was driving. He was in the back seat. And I just hear this noise. And then all of a sudden I hear, I threw up. <laughs> and I was like, I panicked for a second. Like I didn't know what to do or if I heard him right. And so I pulled over and just throw up everywhere. Mm. And he felt so bad because we weren't that close and just in a stranger's car throwing yeah. up. Like, even if you are close, that's just a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't care. Like, I love taking care of people. So I was like, uh-huh. it's totally fine. Yeah. And I, because I have a dog, I have, like, he's thrown up in my car plenty of times. And I have a, <laughs> I have a little wet vacuum. Oh, um, so beautiful. So super easy to clean up. But he felt <laughs> so bad. And it's like... It's funny to me now, um, but, and even then, like, usually I think through tougher times, you get closer with people, mm-hmm. and not saying that that was a tough time, but, like, those moments are the ones you remember yeah. and bond through, uh-huh. so that was, <laughs> that was a pretty fun experience, <laughs> and he felt so bad, and I then felt bad that he felt bad, Yeah, because I didn't want yeah. him to, but... <laughs> As everybody does. <laughs> yep. Like your dog peeing on my backpack first thing. Oh my gosh, you know? I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> yep. yep, so sorry yeah. again. No, don't apologize. <laughs> I, I feel, so when Haley and I, the first time we hung out, mm-hmm. it was at a coffee shop airship here in Northwest Arkansas that has some outdoor seating, like lo- like some yards with picnic tables and such. And the first thing her dog Kipper did when he like got, <laughs> locked into the yard was walk around and sniff <laughs> sniff my bag and lift his leg and pee on it that i had just got like two days before uh, and hallie obviously felt really bad I and, didn't. <laughs> and i just thought it was hilarious well he he's usually pretty good about not doing it. like he never does that which i don't know if that makes you feel worse so sorry if no it does. I, but I, I, I thought it was hilarious confused and anyways. because i like the opportunity to see somebody feeling uncomfortable or embarrassed and be able to assure them that it's totally Mm. fine that it's okay if it's just involving stuff like it doesn't matter right and i don't want anyone ever to feel nervous or embarrassed around Mm -hmm. me for some reason because Mm -hmm. embarrassment is all about thinking about what the people around you are thinking about you right and i don't want anyone to worry about Mm -hmm. that in whatever context like there was a girl in the i was and uh, I flew home from, I flew to Chicago to visit family. Then I flew back recently. Mm-hmm. And I was in the aisle seat. And then there's an aisle. And then the girl sitting in the next seat threw up. Uh, uh, like right as we were landing. Oh, and she felt so bad. Yeah, it was right at the end. And I asked her if she was okay because I looked over and she was like wet. And she was so embarrassed. I was just like, hey, me and the lady next to her, fortunately, was super kind as well and very helpful. And we were just both telling her, hey, it's totally fine. It happens, you know? No worries. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you get embarrassed easily? No. No, it's really hard. My face gives it away. I get so flushed. Can you feel when you blush? Um, Usually, yes. It just feels warm. 
I'm okay. like, and then I get self-conscious about it. I'm like, yeah, oh, I can feel it. Forward. I know it. <laughs> and then that one person always calls it out, which makes it worse. <laughs> and anyways. You I get hate, easily embarrassed. Yes, okay. I do. I think it's the, we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I just don't like, oh, like everyone's attention on me all at the same time. Right. And usually in those situations, especially when someone points it out, they all turn and look at you. And I just hate that feeling yeah. of everyone at the same time, all eyes on me. I just tend to laugh a lot about everything. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just don't, I don't think I get embarrassed easily. For anybody listening, like you're welcome to try it. That's totally fine. Try embarrassing me in some way. <laughs> um, I just don't, I guess it probably comes from not caring a lot about anything that's not really important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter that much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really fun set of questions um, that was part of a psychology test done oh some decades ago where they got a bunch of people together and they put them in pairs, male and female, mm-hmm. and they had them go through these three sets of 12 questions mm-hmm that gradually increase in vulnerability as mm-hmm. you go down the line. Mm-hmm. And the experiment was to see if you can accelerate the rate at which people feel close. So uh-huh. relationship is built on shared experience, mm-hmm. vulnerability, a mutual understanding of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time that happens organically mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to just intentionally get to know somebody over time. Um, that's how friendship happens. You know, mm-hmm. we probably all know this, but <laughs> as scientists do, they're like, I wonder what we can do in a lab. <laughs> and they got a bunch of people together and said, well, if we can accelerate this process intentionally, can we like speed jump that process? Um, so they're interesting questions. Some of them are not really that interesting, but a lot of them, you wouldn't normally ask somebody just out of the blue. What were some of them? Um, like, how's your relationship with your mother? Oh, okay. Or can you describe an embarrassing moment? And I've gone through this list with a couple different people before, mm-hmm. or a group of people, actually. We did this, I think. I'm trying to remember if we... Yeah, I think we did. Me and, like, four other guys. Um... And I could not think of an embarrassing moment. What? Yeah. That blows my mind. Because when you said that, I like a million <laughs> examples just came to mind. Um, no, I still can't. Did it work? Did their like experiment work? Did it well, make them closer? Oh, in the actual experiment? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't read through the whole study. You can find the actual like mm-hmm. article that was written about it or the actual study. Um. I naturally just saw some comedians talk about it online. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there were a couple of couples who maybe ended up getting married later. Oh, my gosh. They were already couples? No, no, no. None of these people knew each other before the experiment. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, well, I don't know what the odds are. You get people together and, like, intentionally, hey, spend, like, three hours just talking mm-hmm. and then stare into each other's eyes for four minutes, yep, it's which was that. the end of that yep. experiment. I actually did this 
with a girl on a date, <laughs> oh, no. a first date. <laughs> we went through all these questions. Oh yeah, yeah, I brought it up. Because <laughs> for me, it's pretty normal. Like uh-huh. I love having conversation with people, and I'm all about getting small talk out of the way mm. and asking questions that really make you think. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have anything that for me is off limits. So. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> what did she think? I asked her if she wanted to do it, and she was like, yeah, we can do that, you know. So we had fun with it. But did you fall in love after the four minutes? Well, I took her engagement photos like a year later. Oh. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Haley. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I uh, guess it worked out still. Yeah, it, no, it worked out. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun to be able to do that with somebody. Yep. And they're just, they're fun questions. Some of them are, are fun. Some of them are pretty Random. Yep. All I say, I don't get embarrassed very easily. Mm. Jealous. Have you always just been mm. pretty sensitive to that? Yeah. I think it's the shyness too, which yeah. as you as you get older, that kind of goes away. You become more confident and that sort of thing. But I feel like it's not something I can control, like especially with the blushing. Like yeah. It just happens. I can't yeah. make it go away, <laughs> you know? Um and sometimes it's when I'm not even embarrassed, so I get confused because I'm like, why am I blushing right now? I'm I'm totally Your okay. body's embarrassed, but your mind apparently, just doesn't care. Apparently, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I've always been like that. Um, maybe it's a self-image thing of like just caring, yeah, again, um, what people think. And yeah. the words, the words mm-hmm. thing of what yeah, people Yeah, you have say, a high so. sensitivity to people's words. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you these days as far as self-confidence goes compared Mm. to younger Hallie oh my gosh so much better yeah um and I think just the more I grow in my relationship with Christ the more that has grown um and starting to realize that that's what matters um rather than me trying whether it's physical or mental or whatever um like not being the smartest in the room is okay. I used to really, really care about school and making the best grades and that sort of thing. But knowing that like at the end of the day, that's not what matters. Um, and that has really helped my confidence because I'm like, okay, I, if I don't, I at least have to try at these things because if I don't try, then, you know, you'll never succeed either. So, mm-hmm. um really keeping God as the one I care about most and knowing that he will love me no matter what is just a weight off of, okay, this isn't about how I act, um, has made me so much more confident. Because young Hallie was so insecure (laughs) and cared about everything and what everyone thought and... um, I wanted to be a model growing up too. So just being in that culture of mm-hmm. I have to look a certain way and I have to be a certain height and I have to eat certain things. And it never got to an unhealthy point. Like I never had um, any sort of eating disorder or anything. But it, it was just unhealthy how that culture can be sometimes. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that played a part in it too of have to look a certain way and try and wear these certain clothes and that sort of thing um 
So yeah, all that to say, so much better now. Yeah. Yep. You've you've got over a lot of those mm -hmm. conceptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yes. Have you always been not easily embarrassed? No. Oh really? <laughs> no. I reset life like four years ago, so a lot changed then. Um, as a kid, I think I was probably the normal level of embarrassed. I mm -hmm. cared a lot more about what people think. Mm -hmm. Again, getting back to the detachment thing, like mm -hmm. for, for my old self too, it's just kind of I, a detachment from having to be a certain way or feeling like I had to be a certain way or, um, caring about the same things I cared about before. Like, why do I need to care about whether people laughed at my joke or mm -hmm. whatever it is um but without again being able to think of examples i'm sure i was a pretty self-conscious mm -hmm. easily embarrassed little kid especially being homeschooled and mm -hmm. very socially awkward mm -hmm. and not really knowing it's difficult cause that, because i like i didn't have that's not entirely true. I was going to say I didn't have a, a many friends, but I had I had a lot of youth group friends. You yeah. Know? Um, maybe part of it was that I was not in spots to be embarrassed much. Mm. But I was very self-conscious. Mm. I was definitely a warrior. Still am a warrior in a lot of ways. Um always worried about whether or not I was doing the right thing and often that has to do with how other people are perceiving what mm -hmm. I do um my mom has this story that she likes to tell about how one time when I was little uh she found me crying in the bathroom at like midnight or something mm -hmm. it was Christmas Eve and I got up and went into the bathroom and was crying and she asked me what was wrong and I said I I'm, I'm not even thinking about Jesus. I'm just thinking about presents because oh. <laughs> I felt so bad. Uh -huh. I just have always had a really uh -huh. guilty conscience uh. for That's thinking so I'm not though. doing the right thing. Yeah. And so that probably would be closely tied to any time mm -hmm. I felt embarrassed or self-conscious is other people know what's right and I'm not meeting yeah. it. I'm not meeting that expectation. But I just don't tend to care that much about meeting expectations anymore. Mm. And, but a lot of that has been last four years. Very, yeah. very different, Joel. Yep. Um, like, I used to think I was extremely introverted. Mm -hmm. Would you think that of me? In, in, no. No? Well, maybe like in the middle. Yeah. So are you not? Are no, you an extrovert? I'm not at all. <laughs> if the, the common I the common um, question being, do you get your energy from being alone or with people? Mm -hmm. I get so much energy from being with lots of people. Mm. I love being around people. Like mm -hmm. I don't like to just sit at home and be alone. And there's lots of different reasons for that, other than just where I get my energy from. Some of them are more difficult or more unhealthy, but I love being around people i love it do you know your myers-briggs no i know my enneagram what's your enneagram four four i yeah. can see that yeah mm. four with five wing mm. are you a nine <laughs> <laughs> i should i shouldn't have asked that what level are you 
No, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> was uh, that offensive? No, because no? Uh, I, I okay. get that. So a lot of people would say I'm a nine. Um, okay. My mentor in college, I always thought I was a nine too. Um, but was always very good at being like, but it's whatever you think you are, not what other people tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm still trying to figure out. I just had this conversation with some friends a few days ago. Um, I always say that I'm a two, the helper. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Christian women are who grow up in a Christian household are taught to be more like a two. And so I have a hard time knowing where that line is, if if that's who I actually am or if that's mm-hmm. who I was taught to be. Um, definitely see nine tendencies in trying not to rock the boat, the peacemaker type. Um, someone also thought that I could be a three. Um, wing two. Kind of still have that too, but I don't know much about the three, so I don't know if I agree or not yet. But all that to say, I don't know. Yeah. I see myself in a lot of different areas. thought I was a seven at one point, which is strange. It was when I was more out there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but. So do you, do you lean more towards something like the Myers-Briggs in terms of mm-hmm. assessing mm-hmm. your personality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I don't have a problem with the Enneagram. Um, I don't know much about it, so I can't speak too much about it, but I like how more in-depth Myers-Briggs goes in things. I'm in, would you believe that I'm an extrovert? I mean, I wouldn't disbelieve it. (laughs) I've never thought about labeling you one Uh or the other, thinking about it in that way. Uh, I always say that I'm an ambivert, which is right in the middle. Um, But technically speaking, when I get my results, it's like, right barely on the extrovert side (laughs) (laughs) um i'm an enf enfp i think which i don't even remember all that they stand for i definitely don't but essentially it um means i forgot the actual title they give it but Basically, it means I can be super deep and have very deep theological conversations and really care about meaning, but at uh, the same time can just switch into party mode and like Hmm. go out and dance on the dance floor and not care, which can be confusing because those are two opposite things. But it makes sense because that's who I am. Okay. Yeah. You're first on the dance floor? Uh, it depends who I'm with. <laughs> Gotten into dancing a little bit more uh, recently, but yeah. I love when you're with a good group of people who you don't care what they think. Then it's one of the best feelings, just not caring. And dancing is good for the soul, I think. If I danced more, I'd probably be embarrassed more. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's, that's your weak point. <laughs> that's my weak point. I don't dance. Really? I have danced two times since Ever? being here in Arkansas. Probably. Oh. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. Um, both with the same group of people. Mm. So that tells you about the group I'm around. I, I feel very safe with mm. these people. Um, it was actually the same house, too both these times, um, a group of people from my church and friends of those friends, um, basically just hanging out and partying mm-hmm. after some event. One of the things was after a wedding. 
And then I don't remember what the other was, but those are the only two instances I can remember dancing. And it's so hard. Huh? Just dance. Did you ever play that growing up? Was that the the thing with the the game with the pad on the ground? No, that's Twister. No, DDR. Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, the, yes, in like the arcades. Yeah, yeah. No, Just Dance is like a Nintendo Wii Oh, no, I haven't played that. Oh, dang. Is it a good intro to dancing in front of people? Yes. Yeah? It's so much fun. Janine and Spencer just got... It for their Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's so much fun because it's just it, it's essentially you following someone on the screen mm-hmm. and you're holding the remote or whatever to keep track and you just try and hit different points. It's almost like DDR but on the Nintendo. So, yeah. Okay. It's so much fun and cool. no everyone else is trying to follow so no one's paying attention to you. Right. So it's a good intro game. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. What kind of dancing do you do? Uh, it's always by myself. Um, How does that happen? <laughs> like at home, it's such a good workout because it's should be using all of your body. Okay. Um, you just, just spontaneously dance <laughs> at home? <laughs> I follow YouTube videos. Okay. Um, you can look up like dance workouts or right okay i don't know random videos that i find um Uh and then just following them Hmm. and then it doesn't happen as much i think just the people i surround myself with aren't really dancers um so the only opportunities to dance in public would be like at a wedding yeah or at a youth retreat or something but very carefully, you can't do certain moves. Either. Right. Yeah. Or at prom, like <laughs> I, my senior year, um, went to prom with just a group of my good girlfriends, and so we went ham on the dance floor and just didn't care about what anybody else thought, and it was one of the best feelings. Was this still like? Was this? Hallie more self-confident yeah oh yeah or oh for still sure much less yeah this was last semester of my senior year so okay of high school of high school okay mm-hmm. so way more confident um i i have to ask that question because i know so little about school I'm like <laughs> there's not prom for college right no no i mean there are like people just go out and dance yeah events and stuff but yeah this was high school, and I just, I think I was with a safe group, so mm-hmm. that always helps, yeah. whether you're confident or not, you right. feel okay around them, so all that to say, dancing is good for the soul. Yeah. Never thought I would say that. I used to not be like this. Huh. I always thought my alter ego would be either a chef or a ballet dancer, huh. which never taken ballet, so I don't know why I think I could. I work with a ballet dancer. Oh, really? Yeah, Jorge. Jorge. He, uh, he's a professional ballet dancer. He's like two of the awesome. world doing it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. My coworker also did ballet like her whole life. Wow. Yeah. So That's I'm, impressive. I wish I could get You should ask me sometime. Yeah, teach me. <laughs> yeah. Carrie, all that you know. I would be so bad, though. I, do, I think they have such... <laughs> you can tell they have such good strength because they're mm-hmm. so elegant and the movements they're doing shouldn't look that elegant, but they make it look so They have a graceful. lot of muscular control. Yeah, yeah. insane. 
I don't know. You look pretty strong. Thank you. <laughs> been working out. You did say that you have been putting more more effort into that. I have, yes. Which, I'm. I know you can't see me, but I'm very skinny, <laughs> so people would. There will think be pictures. That. Oh yeah. People okay, will be able to see you. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Mostly just your face. Yeah. Can't tell with face <laughs> structure, but. Right. What was your college experience like? You went to mm-hmm. JVU, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've had a number of Jabooers. Jabooers? Um, I've never show. heard that. Christian Faust says that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so I've had a number of people who went to JBU mm-hmm. um, here and had the, these conversations, and I'm always curious to hear mm-hmm. different experiences. Yeah, you definitely hear a, uh, a wide range yes. of responses. I would be more on the good side. Um I also wasn't there for that long. So I, one, graduated a year early. One, spent a semester abroad. And lastly, got kicked out because of COVID. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wasn't on campus all that much, but I still had a good experience. Um, no college is going to be perfect, so try and tread lightly on how much I judge leadership. Um, but I always had a good experience with that. And I think it also was the group of people I was surrounded with. Um, I'm still very close to most of my friends um, from college, which I don't take for granted. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's a common experience. Yeah, I know that's not for everyone. So that just goes to show how special those relationships were. Um and I wasn't just friends with them because they were in my classes or because mm-hmm. I was forced to. I, they were genuine relationships and really helped form who I am now. Um, but yeah, it wasn't there all that long. The short time I was there was great. And I, so if you don't know me, I'm very creative. I'm a graphic designer by trade. Um, but that's not always been the case, mainly be- not because that's not always who I was, but growing up, it was more sports focused and um, school focused, as in like other main topics. The, the um, normal subjects. The normal, yeah, like the math normal and subjects. Science. Um, and art was kind of on the lowest tier. Um, so it was just not something in my everyday life um and it wasn't until college where that finally got to thrive because JBU really takes care of their creatives and really cares about art in general um I have got that impression yep so and all of my friends most all of my friends are creatives um I think that's what makes it so special too is I just never had that growing up so I finally got to experience that and find that it was a passion of mine which was really cool mm-hmm. but all in all good experience great mm-hmm. so who are your people great more shout outs <laughs> janine and spencer already talked about them a little bit. hey guys hey <laughs> um janine and i became actually i think most of my friends i became friends with freshman year um But anyways, we became friends freshman year. Um, 
she was in one of my classes and we always laugh about this now but she always was intimidated by me and <laughs> I was always intimidated by her so we didn't talk to each other in person um and one day, <laughs> but we, we, we followed each other on Instagram and one day she DM'd me instead of talking to me in person, which I always make fun of her for, <laughs> but I can't too much cause she actually reached out. I never did. Right. Yeah. Um, she initiated. So she just reached out and was like, Hey, you seem cool. Do you want to get coffee? Um, and on the inside I was like, Oh yes, finally. <laughs> um, cause I was always too scared to, uh, and just college is hard and it's hard to make friends. So I didn't have that many friends my first semester. So finally right. having someone to reach out, I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. is awesome. And we hit it off the first time we got coffee and have become best friends. Um, Way to go, Janine. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> making friends. And then we roomed together. She went to Ireland too. And we roomed together there. Nice. And then roomed when we got back. Um and her husband, Spencer, we also, I met Spencer because of Janine. Uh, so we've been friends since freshman year as well. Um, Aaron Morton, we met freshman year. He, classic, trained me in coffee making because we worked <laughs> at the local coffee shop on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and then Lily, shout out to Lily. She's my roommate now for two more weeks, sad. But now we're neighbors, so that's exciting. Nice. Um, but yeah, Lily also went to Ireland, um, and we roomed together when we got back. So both Janine and Lily and I roomed um, together in one room. That was the best best year when the three of us lived together. So those are my closest friends who, um, and Jacob. Jacob's still in college, though. Um, <laughs> we met when I got back from Ireland um but just some of the guys that I was friends with became friends with him so those are who I'm who I still talk to almost daily um and I love them love them to death that's great mm -hmm. are you a texter do you text a lot uh yeah but I'm not always the best at responding <laughs> which is not great um I also like to FaceTime yeah I don't love calling I don't know what it is. I feel like a lot of people don't like calling for some reason, but I do like FaceTime. I think our generation has a difficulty with calling. Mm -hmm. I try to make phone calls mm -hmm. to get over the anxiety around making phone calls. Mm -hmm. I actually listened to somebody talk about it in a way I hadn't considered before I heard him say this. He was also another homeschooler. Mm -hmm. do you, have you heard of Blimey Cow? Yes. Why do I know that? I they had a, they have a pretty big YouTube following. Okay, and like homeschool following. But anyway, so Jordan Taylor and his wife Sarah. Well, mostly Jordan started it with his brother and sister. Um, I don't know. Anyway, he he has a channel on YouTube, so he's got a channel that he does, and he and his wife put up videos. And then they have the Blimey Cow channel. And I remember him talking about phone calls mm. and how it's actually a really, really strange form of communication. And texting is much more akin to what humans have been doing for a really long time. <laughs> so texting is just 
writing letters to people. Mm-hmm. Just now they're very short form. There might be one letter actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but phone calls, making phone calls and listening to someone's voice without being able to see them yeah. is very unique in terms of up until like a century ago or so. I don't even remember when the telephone was mm-hmm. invented. Up until the telephone was invented, humans never, ever did that. Humans oh, never, never that. listened to each other's voices without being able to see their face, without being able to look in somebody's eyes. Yeah. And now then it became normal because it was the only way you could communicate um, in live time. It was incredible innovation to be able to call somebody mm-hmm. who's like in another state or another country or something yeah. and hear their voice. That was amazing. But now we have texting. Now we have texting. And it's taken the world by storm. Are you a texter? No. Yeah. I'm horrible at, I don't want to say horrible. I don't care about communicating over the phone mm-hmm. very much. Um, if I want to have a conversation, I don't want to do it over text. Nope. I won't do that. Nope. But I'm also, if I want to have a conversation, I probably want to do it in person. So I'll just arrange to do it in person. Yeah. So my close relationships, the people I talk with regularly, is because I see them regularly mm-hmm. and I spend time with them. But on the phone, I over the phone, whether it's texting or calling, there's not much that happens there. Mm-hmm. I'll text my roommate. Mm-hmm. I'll text people when I'm arranging something, like yep. something simple, like "Here's my address," mm-hmm. or "You good for this time?" Simple questions that just need a quick response. Yep, that's what I do for texting, mm-hmm. or just joking, ironic things, mm-hmm. random. <laughs> or sometimes I'll text a photo to somebody that I took when we were hanging out, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, I don't communicate much over the phone. Yep. We have a group chat, mm-hmm. me and my roommate and three other guys. Me, my roommate, my younger brother, Aaron, who mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, and two, and then two additional guys who are also very close friends. And it's ridiculous. It's wild. <laughs> it's never know what's It's my happen. only exposure to memes. <laughs> That's where I see memes. And there's not even a lot of responding to each other anymore yep. at this point. It's just somebody will post a meme. Uh-huh. And then maybe there'll be a couple memes that are responded to, like in response, and then it's just silence mm-hmm. for a while. It's Those not are what the best, it's not though. what I intended it to be yeah. when I made that group chat. It's fine though. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have to leave people on. I have to make sure I don't read texts to be intentional about responding because if I read a text, like open it, mm-hmm. and then don't respond that second, I'm so sorry, but I will not be responding because <laughs> yeah. I'll just forget about it. Especially mm-hmm. if it's not anything huge, but trying to get better. <laughs> My friend Thomas and I talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. When he he recorded recently. Also, can you hear my stomach noises? I can't. No? Okay. I wonder if they'll show up on, on the podcast. <laughs> we had curry directly before this. No, it might not have been the smartest yeah. decision. Yeah, now that I'm I don't know. But my stomach's okay. Yeah? I hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, me and my friend Thomas, though, he recorded like a week ago. <laughs> and we talked about that. We described how the term left on red came about. And, uh, and what that's like. I don't have my reds on, though. Oh, yeah? I don't. <laughs> I can't. 
because yeah. it'll expose me that I read it and then forget right. to respond. Yeah, and you know, it's not always accurate. Maybe exactly. the app was just still open and you left and yep. you did something. and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Oh, I had another question that came up. I don't remember what it was. I hate when that happens. We all of a sudden forget. It's okay. We're just going to answer it in awkward silence. See how long we can last. Normally, <laughs> normally I actually take notes and I realized like half hour in that I didn't have my uh, notebook ready, but that's fine. You've got it all on recording. Exactly. Right. It's mostly for me when I'm referencing oh, yeah, the yeah. episode later and trying mm-hmm. to figure out um, mostly just like quotable things mm, mm-hmm. or whether that's for actually posting a written quote for people to read. Yeah. Or uh, audio waveform mm. that I've just started doing. Um, I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. That was on the docket today, and mm-hmm. I made one, and I posted it, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just fulfilling the obligation. <laughs> I don't want to put any energy into this. How do you feel about social media? Oh, oof, that's a loaded question. We'll, we'll, like, we'll wind down on the topic of social media. Great. Love it. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, I genuinely wish I could delete it all. But the nature of my job doesn't really allow me to do that. Mm. Because of that, I get sucked in easily because I have it. It's there. Um, I think it can be a good thing. can keep up with people you might not have been able to keep up with. Um, friends who've moved or friends international friends who mm-hmm. um I wouldn't be able to speak with um yeah and it can be a good place to share art and um I'm a graphic designer so a lot of my design is on the computer and um is easily shareable um and I love taking photo photos just like very candid iPhone moments like that's what my that's what most of my feed is is just even Uh today I went to crystal bridges on my half day of prayer and just took like I love those raw images that aren't edited you can tell they're just not good quality but they're good moments so that's what brings meaning into them for me I don't keep any of those uh that's like (laughs) all I have my whole camera wall is very curated (laughs) mine's not at all and I love it um so I think it's a good thing for those um, for those types of things, but it can be easily distracting. Um, and also, I never want it to get to this point, but I can see in some areas that it has of it replacing my actual relationships. So, like... I can see that I'll see someone post a life update or something, and I only know that that's happening because they posted about it, not because I asked them. Hmm. Um, So things like that where I'm just like, I hate that it's this way, but it is. It just naturally happens that way. Um, So I I hate that it can replace true, real relationships or, um, I don't know, when... People, and I, I want to be careful the way I read this, but that's not where life happens. 
Um, and I never want it to get to that point where that's where my life is or that's how people perceive me um, or that's how I perceive others because it's so quick to think that way. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the love-hate relationship of it can have so many good qualities and I don't think it was ever intended to be bad, but it just comes with its flaws. Yeah. Um, and I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, so <laughs> it's still going. I've been thinking more about it recently because somebody, another friend recently told me they've gotten rid of all social media mm-hmm. and how liberating it felt. Mm-hmm. And I've done it before for the intentional periods of time yep. where I said I'm stepping away and not having this around. Mm-hmm. Instagram is the only social media I have. I don't have accounts on anything. Unless yep, you count same. YouTube. Some people count YouTube as social media. I wouldn't. I don't. But I only have Instagram too. Yeah. Um, but it very quickly, as soon as I'm not intentionally using it to do something specific, mm-hmm. it becomes a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people, there are a handful of people who I actively talk to who don't live in the United States Mm -hmm. and that's how I communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who I just enjoy seeing stuff from because they're actually in my life. Yeah. Like I'll watch your stories and like, Mm -hmm. oh, I know Hallie. Mm -hmm. Um, just people who I actually know, those are always the things I prioritize. Yeah. So if I get caught scrolling, I'm, like, not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. But when I look at stories, I'm like, oh, that person. Yep. But it, it does have a way of, I think, kind of highlighting um, our limited capacity for relationship. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily wrong that you would only know about some life event of someone's mm-hmm. because you saw it on social media. Because mm-hmm. we just can't keep up with everyone all the time but we do live in an age that is attempting to tell us that we can Mm -hmm. that because that's usually how it's sold is you keep up with your friends right right? don't miss what's what's happening yeah most of the time what's happening doesn't really matter that much (laughs) does it affect your lives very profoundly but that that has to be the way it's pitched Mm -hmm. and i think really for myself it does more often rob me of the energy that I could be putting into Mm -hmm. the people around me Mm -hmm. or into myself. And even something as simple as just making a habit of reading. Yep. Um, I don't know about you, but it's really hard for me to read and not make it a set section. I don't want to be somebody who, I don't want to (laughs) be, yeah, I want to be, but I'm not Uh somebody who can pick up and just read a page and then, have to stop because something called me away mm-hmm. if i'm gonna sit and read i want to just read mm-hmm. and at least we hit a chapter or a oh, section yeah. or something or read for a certain amount of time that's what i'm trying to do as far as establishing a reading habit is read for a half hour a day mm-hmm. um but if i decide to just open instagram and scroll because i only have five minutes mm-hmm. and it's not worth putting that into a book I'm lying to myself <laughs> because I know five minutes reading that book will benefit mm-hmm. me more than scrolling on Instagram. And five minutes in a book, it seems a lot longer than five minutes scrolling. It's true. Somehow. And that's when you get caught up in scrolling for mm-hmm. however long. Do you use timers on your phone? Yeah. Well, I don't use timers, but I tell myself, okay, I'm going to get off at 
five thirty so that I'm not scrolling forever. But you could use time with Sally. I could. Or the it, I used to have this one. I don't know why it's off now, but the there's a, a setting in Instagram where you can set timers of if you've spent mine used to be thirty minutes. So mm. if I had already spent thirty minutes on Instagram that day, it would pop up of okay, you spent thirty minutes. No more. Okay. No, no. Wow, I'm kind of surprised that that's within Instagram. <laughs> yep. I mean, they don't advertise it or anything. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but Make it sure is there. Make sure you spend your time away from the art app. Yep. I think there is a feature like that in the YouTube app that says, Oh, really? You've been watching for an hour. It's time to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And you can just dismiss it and be like, No, I don't need this. I, I don't have it anymore, but I used to have TikTok, and there would be a video that would pop up if you'd been scrolling long enough. This is me being transparent, saying that I would scroll that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be this guy who like popped up and he was like, you've been scrolling for way too long now. Go take a break or go to sleep, hmm. um, which I thought was funny. <laughs> I kind of want to ask about TikTok, but I kind of also don't want to get into that. <laughs> I don't know much about TikTok. I feel like it would, there's no need. I like, to, I like to wind down and be positive, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I... You know, we've all heard, if you don't have something nice to say, don't, don't say, say anything at all. Yep. Um, so what's a good note we can end on? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I note. end actually every episode with the same two things. Okay. Everybody gives, the guest always gives a recommendation oh. and tells a funny story. Okay. Oh, boy. So recommendation could be anything. Uh, I tell everybody it can be the most frivolous thing or it can be something super profound. Usually it's very intangible. People usually are like, I recommend you make a habit of walking more or that mm. you give thanks more often or something like that tends to be what it is, mm-hmm. but there's no pressure Ooh, one way or the so other. Many things. What, I would recommend since I've talked about this a little bit, go make a homemade meal like Joel did tonight. He made us curry. It was great. Thanks. Go make a homemade meal. That's good for you and something new. Mm. That's a lot all at once. But it's worth it. I don't think that's a lot. I feel like that's a very attainable recommendation. Go do it. It's worth it. Um, And just to take the time to slow down and know what's going in your meal. Yeah. I'm kind of a, not that I always practice it, but I am so passionate about health um, and what you put in your body matters. So, Mm -hmm. and we just eat so much processed food and fast food and it's not good for us. And then it affects our mind and body and everything so Mm -hmm. recommend making a homemade meal that's great i was at radio shack today Mm -hmm. this is related i was at radio Mm -hmm. shack and one of the guys was heading out he said all right i'm going on my lunch you uh want anything from mcdonald's (laughs) i hate mcdonald's (laughs) and i just thought man what a what a world and it 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 sucks because it's so cheap and, and fast Cheap and fast. So Intentionally so. Yes. Um, We're kind of set up for failure. Mm-hmm. And making a good healthy meal is timely and expensive. So Not necessarily very expensive, though. It's no, more affordable than you'd think. That's true. Yep. Go to the grocery store. This is my free recommendation. I don't normally give them necessarily. Perfect. I love it. Go to the grocery store and just fill up a bag full of vegetables yeah. and see how much it costs you because it's next to nothing. Exactly. It's so cheap. Bananas? so cheap broccoli was it you that was telling me about buying bananas for like five cents a pound i don't think so 
but that's awesome. Yeah, uh, somebody was telling me and it, that they were buying bananas, and it was literally five to ten cents a pound. And I said, "Where are you getting your bananas?" <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think mine are usually like ninety cents. I feel like they're usually between fifty and ninety cents a pound. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many uses, and they're good for you. So so many uses. Yeah, just ways you can prepare them. You don't just have to eat them straight because I don't usually like them straight. Yeah. Uh, I usually make like put them in smoothies. Or okay, yeah. Banana is a great thing to add to a smoothie. Yep. Or to make bread from. Yes. Um, anyway. And then what was the second thing? The second thing is a funny story. Funny story. I just, if I can end with actual peels of laughter at the end uh, of episodes, it's great. No pressure. I I'm mentally, I mentally funny. rate them now because Lindsay, shout out to Lindsay, whose episode will come out well, I mean, long before this one does, so you won't hear it. <laughs> Lindsay's episode's already out. Um, Lindsay Gore made me laugh so hard <laughs> at the end of her episode. So now I mentally, no mentally, I compare all of them to you. Rating? Yeah. Nothing, no pressure or expectation. I'm just curious. It also depends on your humor. It does. It's not about me. Hopefully, uh, every episode ends with somebody listening being just floored. Okay. In the best of ways. I'll try my best. Um, this story came to mind okay. when you first asked. Um, I'm a big snowboarder. I love to snowboard. Oh, really? Um, I did not know that. My family grew up going to Colorado because my grandparents had a house there. So we would go, grew up skiing. And then around the age of 13, I thought snowboarding was cooler. So I switched because <laughs> <laughs> um, it just looked cool. Uh and I stuck with it, liked it a whole lot more. Um, only had a, one board, and the boots were so much lighter. If you've ever been skiing or snowboarding, skiing, you have so many poles and bow skis, and the boots are heavy, so it's just easier. Um, and one day was out skiing with my family. My parents and my little sister and I were... Um, getting on a ski lift all together on one um, bench and if you haven't been before snowboarders have to take out one foot when they board um, a ski lift so that okay. they can uh, like scoot themselves <laughs> to okay. the bench uh, and then once you board you just stick your foot on the board to board off and then reattach it so we were all on one ski lift, and all of us are pretty well-versed in it. We've been doing it forever, so we're, we're decent at it. And when we were getting off, um, I'm a righty, which is goofy-footed, and my little sister is the opposite. And so we usually get off different ways. So I was expecting it to be very easy. But this one particular time my somehow our boards got connected and then our parents skis got connected <laughs> and i was at the bottom of this dog pile so everyone landed on top of me and granted my dad's like six four huge and then my mom and my sister on top of me and mm -hmm. i'm pretty tiny and I thought I broke my wrist because I was just at the bottom. You usually stop with your hands out. And so 
this isn't the worst part. Um, we all got <laughs> untangled at the top of the mountain, thought I broke my wrist, immediately started swelling. Um, and when you're at the top, if you get hurt, there are these uh, sleds that they'll sled you down on so you don't have to <laughs> snowboard okay, back that's down. Smart. Yeah. Um, so they boarded me in this little sled to take me to the medical center and was all in there and um, they're trained to ski down really, really fast so that if it's a real big emergency, they can mm-hmm. get you in and out fast. Yeah. So this guy was going so fast. It's I, a sled? Yeah, you're in the sled in and sled. then there's a rope attached to a guy skiing. Okay. So he, he skis with you attached to him. Oh, so, wow. So this guy is flying down the mountain. And we, I mean, we were probably on a blue, which it, they're, the, the uh, roots are ranked green, blue, black, green okay. being easy, blue, medium, black, hard. So this guy was just flying down a hard um, path to get to the medical center and just nails something and just roll, starts to roll and all of a sudden I start to roll <laughs> and he's supposed to be the professional and he I'm sure he was so embarrassed because he yeah. just you're not supposed to do that especially when it's an emergency yeah, um, yeah. and my whole family is just watching this fiasco <laughs> happen and I like what an unfortunate spot to be in when I'm concerned about my wrist being broken and then this guy falls down <laughs> after we all fell down and it was just a whole fiasco um turns out that they couldn't even give an x-ray at the bottom of the mountain so we had mm. to drive like half an hour and my wrist wasn't broken well so happy <laughs> it ending. was just a it was a mess of a a day but just a lot of it tumbling out. It, we laughed so hard when uh, afterwards but yeah because he's just it was a funny sight him trying to be the savior and then busting it the but slavier <laughs> got me with the dad how jar. big is this sled that you're on are you like inside yeah like a cup like a what's it called a toboggan kind of thing almost yeah they kind of wrap okay. you up so like and that i think sense. there were breaks in case he did fall so i didn't get much like okay i didn't get i was imagining the sled also just losing control <laughs> just, and rolling down the mountain <laughs> it would have been funny if i just kept going yeah um Okay. Which this can be for another time, but Spencer and I once went snowboarding and I lost my snowboard down the mountain and oh. we ran and got it. Oh man. Just what unfortunate. A guy. But anyways, that's my story. Shout out to Spencer. A good memory. Well, fun time. That's good. It's a good note to add on. Sunday brunch, that kind of thing.